Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Daily Hi-Fi Podcast. Hope everybody's having a good time. Um, wow, with me as always, we've got Mike and Joe, and today we've got the Polk Audio team, Paul, Bronson, and Scott. What is up, fellas? What's up, guys? What's oh, up? how's it going, got, guys? Got the whole crew, man. Glad to have you guys. Yeah, likewise. You weren't joking. We said be- more the merrier. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> they said Daily Hi-Fi, I come running. Let's go. That's right, baby. I, th- yeah, I think people... day off. Oh, Brock, yeah. that's your day off? <laughs> Bro, I just took down a pint of ice cream and Paul hits me up. He's like, yo, daily high five wants it. I was like, I got it. These guys so got like, chocolate ice cream all over his face. Like, oh, I got to clean up. face right before this, man. He'll, he'll oh, be in a car coma in five minutes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, keeping up with the Joneses knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he knows. He knows. <laughs> oh, see. So that's great. Oh man, it's Bronson. Handsome oh, McGee's up in the house. All right, Bronson. we got we got Paul Wilkie. Look at this man; oh, he knows up. everybody. There we go. You don't even have the names up, do we? Oh yeah, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, got the names up. Right there. Yeah, I think they're up. I was about to say we got a real fanboy. Who do we need to send out autographs to? Paul's is going to be worth like a dollar in about a year. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they they just want some t-shirts, man. Just some t-shirts. I want some t-shirts. And maybe so some, oh, I saw the Sound United one. Uh, you know, what do you have on there? Is there a what do you got, Paul? We're just gonna have one with Bronson's face on it. And oh, okay. I thought you had a Marantz yeah, one or something. <laughs> oh, I do. Nice. I got a Marantz one. Oh, see. Yeah, where's our Marantz yeah, love, man? Come on. Uh, Gotta represent. Yeah. I know. So Sorry, we're, guys. <laughs> we're we're talking we're talking about the reserve series because you guys just launched and everybody yeah. who's seen that they're like what is all this all these reviewers have uh you know this in for review what's going on this is the first time i've ever seen anything like this um i think they liked it what do you think that was quite the hype man that was cool Marketing. it was awesome yeah it was great yeah, going through I... and reading all the reviews and the comments that you guys had on your uh, message boards and stuff it was great i saw one person said Wait, this is the seventh person I've seen post a review about Reserve. Both audio's not messing around. And it's like, it's awesome. Finally, it's yeah. like, hey, we came to play. Yeah. So for everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. And thanks for uh, learning a bit more about Reserve today. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, guys, like, we, we tee up, we tee up re- reviews all the time. You guys know. And uh, sometimes sometimes you get winners, sometimes you don't. And I think you really got to address the elephant in the room that there's just a great product series at a great price. And, and you know, that's just the way it is. And I think we really got to thank Scott and his team for, for producing something that's just see, everybody seems to love. Right? Absolutely. Scott and the team over in ARAD really just knocked this one out of the park. I- out of the acoustic offices in March of when was it, it was actually right before lockdown. Um, and they played the Polk Reserve series for the first time for me and a handful of other people that we were there. And it, it, it sounded incredible. And I was shocked at the price point that they wanted to send this out to. So hearing what it sounded like at the price, it was like, it was kind of a no brainer. And that's why we wanted to make the reserve series about it's, it's on its way to being the best, but it's not quite there yet because we have legend for that, right? Um, so we really wanted to teach and show our consumers what better really does sound like because over the course of your life, you learn what better drives like, right? Honda versus BMW versus Ferrari, right? There's your step up. Same thing with taste um, and TVs and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to sound, inevitably, you have to be taught that as opposed to just figuring it out on your own. Um, we started leaning towards, hey, we're helping you guys figure out your audio journey. Like, come trust us. We're here at Polk Audio. have been doing this for almost 50 years now, and we have your back no matter what. And especially with our guy Scott behind, dude, it sounded damn good. <laughs> I remember when I first heard them. I'm oh, sorry, God, I cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say that sounds, that sounds like a lot of – you got the tagline in there. You got everything in there, bro. Yeah. You got. He's a professional. You got everything now. in there. That's what right. a pro! I think I did some marketing for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> you, did the, you did all the marketing. So uh, you know what's funny is a lot of these folks are just like, uh, you know, when they saw all the videos come out, I think that they thought like it was coordinated in like what we said. And the truth is, you guys didn't see the video until I released it or we released it, right? Like yeah. you didn't get to, you didn't have they a say as to like video. what you thought of, what we thought about it. It was just like, 
No. Hope they like it. I hope you guys like we it. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. We saw, like. Yeah. Let's, let's set the record straight. Like we didn't see a single review before it went live. So it was uh it was a crapshoot. It was either gonna be a really good day or <laughs> good day. Dude, I like, Paul and I were texting and we were kind of like Paul was like, yeah. yo, do you think they like the speakers or what? I was like, I, I hope no news is good news. <laughs> I haven't heard anything, so like let's keep it all in the up and up, man. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't even like have a conversation with you guys even before I posted my review to let you know kind of what what direction I was headed with it, you know. So, uh-huh. and I think that's that's one thing that that our audiences don't always realize. Like, what is that relationship when somebody sends a product to review? One thing that's fantastic is most companies they don't ask, they don't demand, they don't suggest or recommend. They literally trust the product that they've created, that it's good enough that when they send it out. You know, they're going to get a fair share of of good reviews and, you know, there's going to be some negative and you just got to take the good and the bad and just make the next product even better. But um, I think pretty much by looking at even my review, others reviews, um, it's been pretty successful, man. A lot of a lot of great compliments. Um, I know on my end and as well as these guys here on the uh, the day that hi-fi. So we had a lot of fun with that. So it's been cool. Yeah, I mean. I was like, I hope they don't mind that I'm just throwing their speakers up in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're not going to get mad about that, are they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hey, It looks awesome. It looks awesome. It's just the way it is. And and uh, Scott Scott is quiet over there, but he's he's going to get get down when it comes to like the technical stuff. Believe me, we're going to start asking about that turbine cone and the export, PowerPoint 2.0, all that. So don't worry. He's just he's 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 ready. <laughs> I know. He's the quiet yeah, before the storm. Right. That's right. That's right. Man. He's gonna bring the heat in a minute. I'll get around. Anyway, I just wanted. Later. I just wanted <laughs> to let people know that it, it wasn't. Uh, it was coordinated in that you guys had sent us stuff so we can check it out so right. we could have a review ready before, early, yeah, yeah. beforehand. But it wasn't yeah. like, hey, all right, this is what you're gonna say, all right? <clears throat> no. Not yeah, Bron- Bronson, you didn't send us any of your marketing stuff to say, hey, guys, here's where he- what you need to say. So I did not. That yeah. is very true. I actually lost all of your emails, so that worked out perfectly. <laughs> no wonder you haven't received lost. an email. I've been emailing the random people. Yeah, That's right. That's oh, people are like, what the really heck happened. is the reserve? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are we talking wine, whiskey, or speakers? Mm. Right. Yes. All of, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got someone from Denmark in here. That's really cool. I yeah, love it. Yeah, from Norway yeah. with too. And Norway, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be Amazing. all over the world. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Awesome. Yeah. So a- after this whole show, I mean, we're going to have an right after now. show where you guys can ask questions. So, you know, like we always do, there's going to be an after show. Uh, where is that? Here it is. After show. That's where it's at. The link is there. If you're a patron, you get to come and talk to all of us. So, so just straight off the bat, I mean, I like the speakers. I measured them. You know what I mean? I told people, like, call me out if what I'm saying is not true. If you find some measurements later on that say, like, you know what? This guy's full of it. But, I mean, they just, they sound good to me. They measure well to me. All that. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy on my end. That was an easy review because it was good. Right, it's always tough when it's not like there's like yeah. issues and you're like, oh man, I'm, yeah. I don't, how do I say this? Well, I'm just gonna have to say it. But yeah. I mean, overall, what did you think, Scott? Have you have you watched the reviews? I did, I did. It was great. Were you happy I mean, with uh, with what people thought of the speakers that you designed? Yeah, I mean, overall, the response was very positive. I mean, what can I say? I mean, I had nits to pick here and there, but that's you know. That's life, right? I, I was actually very surprised about the, uh, you know, the output on those R500 towers, the smallest ones. So that's cool. It was cool. I was, yeah. I was like, whoa, what is? Oh my god, there's a lot of bass going I, on in here. Yeah, I had those in my theater, uh, you know, John. Before I sent them to you, the exact same ones, and I was like, yeah. what are these? Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, I, know, I always know it's really great when my wife comes in the next room. She's like, what's going on in here? I'm like, all right, uh, these are these are good. Uh, I have a small house. Let's let's bear that in mind. But yeah, I always thought it's a good sign with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got yeah, a pretty yeah. pretty large living room. It's probably 15 feet by 25 feet, 12 foot ceilings. But then it opens up literally into the rest of my house. 
Um, so I've got a really open floor plan, and the R700s, dude, they had no problem filling that room and the rest of the rooms uh, with just good, clean sound. And the bottom end was really, really nice as well. Um, and the cool thing, my hat's off to Scott. Um, I used a clip. Remember when I was back in um, in uh, for the Polk Legend series, and you took us into the room and you showed oh, yeah. us the the difference between those two speakers and plugging them up and the new power port. And then the new speakers have even a kind of a, I guess a new power port, right? The 2.0. So I used that clip in there, but it was really really cool because I never heard um, any chuffing, any you know really nastiness on that low end no matter how hard i cranked them um so definitely yes, really really like that yeah the power port's been been really important to the, to the line and then the new export that what we call the uh, etf the eigentone filters inside the ports of the new line is is probably the the biggest innovation going on in that system and that's part of what what, what you heard there is well the etf is basically a a, a couple of absorbers and they're right down the center of the the, uh, the port tube there, and what they are is they're tuned to the to the pipe resonant frequencies of of the of the of the ports. So normally, you've got a port and it wants to sing at certain frequencies, just like a pipe organ, right? So we don't like that because that muddies up our mid range. So we put these things in there to to suck up that energy, and what that does is not only cleans up the mid range for this speaker, but when you have any kind of noise in the port, it's not amplified by those resonances. So the not only does the power port help the noise go down, but the ETFs do as well. And that was something we really didn't think uh, about too much when we put them in there. We were pretty much focusing on the on the resonance itself, but it turned out that it, it made the noise even lower. So the beauty is that you can have a nice big port now and not worry so much about these resonances that are going to come out of it because you know the larger the port you get the more susceptible you are to the to the level of that of that resonance we just suck it up now and you don't have to worry about it so you can have the big port which keeps noise down you got the power port which helps keep the noise down and you got this new ETF which helps keep the noise down so you get big powerful bass without any chuffing i mean you can get chuffing eventually if you drive it hard enough but it doesn't do it until you really get going. Yeah. Can I do say that that PowerPort 2.0 is absolutely incredible. I was testing the R200s at home, which is a large bookshelf. Uh, the export in there is awesome. The base, the size of the, the volume of the cabinet itself too, totally helps out as well. But how smooth that airflow in and out of the speaker was awesome. But I actually used the R600s crazy movie night like you know what i gotta plug them in i gotta try them out in good lord that base extension on the 600s even without the dual 8 inch woofers that hits man so if you're a fan of deep bass you like a little hip-hop maybe a little action movies i'm telling you the r600s are there to me it's like it's the perfect mix that we have within that series itself um everything combined it's just like oh buonissimo paul is that italian enough <laughs> wow, <I'm gonna> be, <laughs> yeah. well, buonissimo, buonissimo, very close, oh. very close. <laughs> Man, I need a larger wow. house for those hey so, so Scott I don't mean to you know so we have legend series which is the higher series right mm. and that one doesn't have export so would it be safe to say that maybe the resonances are even lower for you know let's say you know I got the R200s in let's say compared to L two hundreds, would that be a fair comparison? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, both six and a half inch bookshelves. Yeah, what what is so it you want to know? Well, I was just wondering. The new one has export, and the old one, or not old one, but you know, it did come out before so this let, series. So the the L two hundreds got a power port, and uh, the R two hundreds got the export. So they're a little different in character, right? Mm. So which one has uh? Less resonance, I guess, because well, the, you know the export people would, should export. Okay, well, there. I mean, that's kind of a good thing. I want. It's I'll also that one. I like the value. Yeah, it's also different cabinet constructions, right? So you have to. Yeah, there's a lot of other differences between them. The the L two hundred's bigger, um, you know, so it goes a little lower. It's got the power port instead of the export, and yeah, there's other differences between Legend and Reserve. 
Yeah, because that's one of the uh, questions that I saw. Is like, hey, I wonder what's going on with this. You know, is this one better in certain ways? I mean, that's kind of what happens when you come up with a new technology. Yeah, we, yeah, we, right? we can't go back in time. You know. Yeah. <laughs> if, we had a, if we had the ETF back then, we had to put them in there. Oh, please do a, a new line with uh, you know some reshells and some SDA. I'm all in on that. <laughs> I mean, Reserve cool. SDA. See, my, M. Patelio, uh, knows. You guys know Mike. Oh, Mike, <laughs> God, Mike, dude, Mike, we sold you that pair of L800s right on the floor of New York Audio Show. Yeah, I that. And I will never forget you. Uh, That's just awesome. Like, I guess just to break down exactly the, I, I mean, I'll let Scott get into the super nuanced differences, but between Reserve and Legend, we took the greatness that our team in ARAD made. We have that pinnacle tweeter in the turbine cone that we spoke about earlier. You guys have seen it in legend. We're calling that our flagship transducer array, right? So essentially what we did is we wanted to make that more people could put in their homes. So we wanted to take both the pinnacle tweeter and the turbine cone and put it in reserve. Now, when other brands take their flagship products and different sorts of technologies, they pick and pull, they choose different things, they'll move around different components here and there to make it a bit more cost effective for them so they could pass on those savings to the consumer. Us at Polk, we did not do that. We straight up lifted the turbine cone in that unit in the pinnacle tweeter and imagine just pulling it directly out of a legend unit and dropping right into the reserve unit. Hmm. So that's why we're able to still get amazing sound, that flagship sound on top of the new technologies that Scott and the team have created over there in our Baltimore office. Um, so to really, I guess, bring it all home, you get that flagship type sound at an amazing price. And that has always been Polk ethos from the beginning, right? Making amazing sounding speakers that anybody can bring home and bring that grades home to you, right? So it's one of those deals. We just want to make our technology more accessible to everybody out there and for everybody to experience it. Um, and like I said, I'll let Scott get into the super deep stuff on the technical nuances here and there, but that's kind of like the 30,000 foot view, why we really made reserve um, and how it's, it still has that step up story to legend. So Bronson, you mentioned that, you know, you've got this difference major in price from legend to reserve and you've brought this great technology down, but how are you getting that down Price-wise, I mean, we've got to cut some kind of corners, right? We've got to make some adjustments in the product. So for those that didn't get a chance to see our reviews yet, what would you say to our audience that, you know, that allowed you to get down to that price point? I like to think of it in yeah, terms of we, we, took, we took the transducers. We knew we wanted to use the tweeters and the mid-ranges, mid-bases. And then we said, okay, we got these guys, and we want to hit this price point so that people get it. How do we do this? It's not, let's take legend and see what we can take out of it. It's let's take these two parts and then build the system around it. It works. And, the makes it works. and so it's, it really wasn't a, you know, stripped down thing. It was a build from build, build up from the bottom. So My there, are, there are a bunch of differences. There are a bunch of differences and you can go and say, well, this is cheaper than that. And this is, but that's not how we approached it. We didn't go. You know, what do we take out of it? We just said, you know, what do, what do we have to do to make this hit this this price point? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, like I that choice that you guys that made because the alternative would have been to, uh, you know, not use the same drivers, you know. And I think that I think you guys made the right choice by using the same drivers and then building from there. Yeah, well, we spent a lot of a lot of development time working on those things and we wanted to get as much out of them as we could because we knew they were good. That's what I was going to say. I think I remember when we were doing the legend introduction, Scott, the engineer who was, I'm looking on his name right now, focusing specifically on the turbine cone. That was some, how many year process, like a three year process. To come yeah. Up with that cone about three years. That yeah. Sean. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, yeah, Sean, thank you. Uh, and that's, that's a lot of time for a, you know, a single cone design. It's not, you know, off the shelf type, you know, scan speak style thing. It's, you know, completely yeah. made in house. I think that's cool. Well, one thing I like to remind people of is this is a mature industry. The loudspeakers have been around for 120 years. People have thought of a lot of this stuff already. <laughs> and to come up with something new takes a lot of effort. Right. And, you know, on, in my review, I talked about how I like that you're using a lot of the computer stuff to help model. I'm sure you're, you know, that's helpful. 
You know, that's something we didn't have Absolutely. before. And so you're figuring out ways to make that cone uh, more rigid without adding weight, right? And I know because of the last thing that we did with uh, with the Legend series and because it's the same cone, you know? Yep. Um, so that's very interesting stuff. I'm sure you had to use a computer to figure that out, right? Well, the, the initial idea didn't take a computer. It was basically, hey, you've got these modes in the cone. How can we break them up, stop them from happening? And we said, well, what if we put these things in to stiffen it because, you know, flat isn't as stiff as, as round, right? So if you put these features in there, you stiffen it up. And then by dint of, of having an odd number, you take out all the, the modes that develop in an even pattern. In other words, there's ones that's across, there's one that's on two sides. They're all in even multiples. There's seven of these ridges, so they bust all that up. So they, they take care of these modes that happen that start from the center and go out, and they take care of these modes that happen from side to side. Now, now, how much of that was a design aspect where, like, hey, this turbine thing looks cool, or did it have did it have to be that shape, or it could have been maybe some slightly different shapes? We typically find out what works first. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we look around the boundaries to see, is there any way we can make it look cooler? Mm -hmm. And if we can't, then we stop there and we say, this is it. This is how it works. And, you know, if the ID guys or the marketers go, man, that's ugly, then, you know, that's their, that's their problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we ran into that. It happens all the time. It happens more frequently than you think. <laughs> I mean, if, like, if, uh... if, if, if acoustic engineers had their way, speakers would be butt ugly. Right. So, <laughs> some they, of the ones that would sound awesome. Really well. But they would sound really well. Yeah, That's right. be awesome. But uh, nobody would want them in their living room. Maybe a couple people. <laughs> uh, here, here's a great question. How difficult is it to design a modern speaker with um, I'm avoiding patents from others? Hmm. I saw that. It's a good question. Yeah, you got you to gotta be aware of what's going on out there. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's a mature industry. So a lot of the patents have expired. Um, and you know, they don't last forever. It's 17 years or something like that. So, um, you know, we don't run into them that often, but things like, you know, we, we patent things ourselves, obviously like SDA and stuff like that. So there are things we have to watch out for. So, you know, I want to talk about, we'll get into more details. I don't know if you guys have any slides, but you can, if you want to throw those up just to give a visual, but uh, that pinnacle ring radiator, radi uh, it's hard to say. Pinnacle, pinnacle ring, ring radiator. radiator. I had to say tweeter. that a bunch of times in my video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's different, right? I, what is going on with that? The Hershey kiss in the middle. That's what people kept saying. Yeah, we Hershey call that kiss in the middle. wave guide. Yeah, um, okay. So how but, does that you know, work? Because it's not, a you know, when I think wave guide, I'm thinking kind of like something that looks like... A, uh, yeah, like there's horn there's, looking type of square, like a wave. Yeah, yeah. Wave guides are an oft used and overused term. Um, but uh, you know, what else are you going to call it, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's just directing like diffusers and equalizers and whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a it's a nubbin that's in the middle of the tweeter. And what that <laughs> does is it it inter it interferes with the waves between the two the between the sides of the the tweeter. And it kind of busts things up so that, that they don't cancel each other in the far field as much, and especially off-axis. And so they improve the dispersion of the tweeter by, by being in the way. Anna, can you bring that up? Because I think this is very interesting. For me, I definitely want to... I have a slide to... somewhere if you guys want to... Yeah, yeah, I'm looking... Yeah, so looking. this is very interesting. I want people to see what this is. And there was something that I noticed in my measurements, too, related to this tweeter that I thought was, was interesting also. And uh, I wasn't sure if I was just measuring incorrectly, but then I saw some people had some measurements of the uh, L, the L, the Legend series, which uses the same tweeter and similar type of response. But really interesting. All right, let me see. There it is. Can I, can I share? Yeah, you're sure. Hit hit share screen at the bottom there. Uh, share screen. And then probably application and go over to your PowerPoint or. PDF or yeah, whatever. PowerPoint slideshow. There it is. And got we'll it? Pop, we'll pop it up. Yep. Oh. Okay. oh, go ahead. Is that it? You guys there see you it? Go. There, there it is. is. Yes, yes. 
Ooh, the LSIM tweeter. That's that leads into another question later down the line. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an evolution of the LSIM tweeter. Yeah. I mean, we've you know we've been evolving this ring radiator for gosh, what, fifteen years, seventeen years, something like that. This is just the latest. Uh, I guess we consider a Gen three or something like that. But you know, the, the, several things have changed. The waveguide, and the, we picked a, a different diaphragm material that we liked a little better, and we 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 uh, adjusted the the cavity that exists behind the dome. There was a, just a tiny bit of resonance back there. We wanted to get rid of that, and yeah, I mean, we were quite hard on this guy. I think we have. I might yeah, have so yeah, bring up another here. photo. Yeah, there's the, there's there's the resonance we got rid of. Uh, you can see they're around 2K. And 2K. Then, I now, hate that area. Yeah. And then here, you, here's a frequency it. response of a LSIM versus a, a legend tweeter. And you can see that it's smoother, goes from DC to daylight, and, you know, does everything a, a tweeter should. So uh, as far as uh, directivity patterns, right? So you have some speakers that aim to be really wide. Right, mm -hmm. some that sure. aim to be narrow. Where where does this one land, as far as the the tweeter specifically? Well, it, it depends on which region you're talking about. So, I mean, it's it's because well, off off axis response is it because yeah. from my measurements, it looks it looks like the the tweeter is uh, very narrow, which is very useful depending on your room. You know, some people like that sort of thing. For me. Right. I have an untreated room, so I it helps in avoiding reflections for me, right? Because I can just kind of aim them properly, and I'm getting a little bit more of that direct yeah. sound. And so, that was something that I haven't seen in other speakers really. So I thought that was interesting. yeah. The smaller the the smaller the diaphragm you have, the 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 less directivity it has, right? And so this ring radiator is a one inch ring radiator, and that's that one inch is the 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 diameter of the voice coil, mm. right? Mm. Right. So you've got equal lobes on either side of that voice coil. So it's slightly larger than what you're used to seeing with like a one inch dome, for example. And mm -hmm. since it's slightly larger, it'll have a little bit more beaming at, at high frequencies. I see. All but right. because it's got those big rolls and everything, it's got great dynamics, can handle a lot of power. You can see it goes out past 40K. I mean, it doesn't have any problem hitting the high notes. So. It works quite well. Right. Yeah, my mic doesn't go up that high. 40K? I mean, like, high notes for who? The dogs? <laughs> yeah. yeah, bats. Well, apparently it's bats. important. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get that that's sticker. That's why. The yep. sticker? Yeah. High-res high res sticker. Uh, high-res, mm. yeah. Is that all it is? You just need to get up to 40K to get the high-res yeah, sticker? Yeah, the specification for the high-res sticker is something like, 10 dB at 40K or something like that. Did not know that. There you go. Yeah, These are high-res certified. Just, uh, These are high-res. So you the know. Period, hey. Put the period at the end of that sentence. Hey, I saw, I saw <laughs> I a question really early on that someone asked to get a rundown of the line. Uh, I realized that we never actually, never really okay, yeah, let's, let's show all the speakers. <laughs> we just jumped into it. We assumed that you guys all knew because of all those videos, but... One of the, uh, you guys yeah, really I only got one each, right? So I'll I'll get I'll get yeah, the right. Polk Audio website up on screen here. So I guess I can break it down for you guys then, real quick, if you want. If that makes it easier, or do you want yeah. Youthman to go in because Youthman super talkative? Youthman, I'm good, man. I got this crappy mic right now. This thing doesn't even really work, so <laughs> it just makes it look nice. So I've got mic it's issues cool. again. It's like Just the Wall of sure. Marshals at the Judas Priest concert. You, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Are you look official. That's all that matters. So as right. you guys see here, we have three different towers. On the far right, you see the R500. In the middle, you have the R600. And just to the left of that is the big baby maker, the R700. And with that, we have two bookshelves. 100 and 200 because we're super original when it comes to naming conventions mm -hmm. and then as you see down there we have three different center channels you have a traditional compact which is the top you have a slim center which is called the r350 which is really cool you could use that as a center channel but you could also use that as your left and your right channel as well too 
Um, you know what I, so if you're um, trying to save some space, you want to get a bigger TV, um, your wife is going to yell at you, or your partner's going to yell at you because you have big towers, get these bad boys. They sit out on the wall about five and a half inches, I believe. Um, and it's the best tamper match sound that you could have if you, you know, put it all over. Um, and then you also have the very large center channel that we have is the R400. And as you guys see here, our pricing, it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, like I said, the big boy is $999 each. So about $2,000 a pair. But also if you look at the R500, that comes out to $1,200 a pair. So we have a pretty decent area from a pricing perspective. And even if you want to get in at a lower volume, let's say you want to get in at that R100, you have $599 a pair. And I guarantee you, $599 a pair, these will be the best damn, damn sounding bookshelves you've heard at that price point. Um, don't just take my word for it. Go listen for yourself. Find a dealer at polkaudio.com. Talk about the on-wall height module too. Yo, this, oh, yeah. this color right here, this color, is this available yet? Because I saw some of the colors were not yet available. Is this it one is. in stock or yes? On the way. Let's just say it's with the other products stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa, whoa. Uh, hey, th that, color, that color scheme with the gray is hot. Yeah, I should have asked for those yeah. for the review because I was like, I saw them I'm like, oh, man, I like that. Those things are sick, I, man. Right. I saw those in real life uh, two weeks ago, and I was like, wow, those look better than I could have ever imagined. So they're awesome. Youthman was able to get that pair. Yep. I want those back, Youthman. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are come, awesome. Send them over man. to me. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, actually, I, we got the white up. Yeah, we have oh, a yeah, white, white as well, but white is not available in all models. Yeah. So if you guys are super look at our website but paul did mention earlier that we do have a height module for this it's the r900 good job guys for playing along um so the r900 is super unique because you can mount it on the wall or you could also drop it on top of your speaker and it fits on all tower speakers but it also fits on top of the r200 and the really, oh, really? cool thing about that is that underneath if you want to keep scrolling down you'll see that we have a toggle on the back of it and you can switch right there. You can switch exactly where you're placing it. So it will adjust the frequency to wherever it's mounted into your room, whether it's going to be mounted on a wall or mounted on top of the speaker. So Bronson, one thing about that toggle switch, I know it seems so minor, but I try to make videos from a consumer standpoint and even just the way that you've labeled that on wall and on speaker, I have had, height modules and up firing atmos and it was literally confusing not only on the speaker itself but also even in their manual as to what setting you do yeah. in what application like that OB literally or... we even had like an argument like no nah, man i think they mean this and no they really mean this and i had to contact <laughs> the company and say hey when do you do the switch and they I said the I can, only I time i think i can speak for all speaker <laughs> manufacturers when i say whichever one sounds better to you Gotcha. Exactly. So, but that, but that makes perfect sense there. And then, oh crap! Sorry about that. Whoa! Hey! <laughs> He's back. Not We're getting interactive. <laughs> but the other thing that I, I think you know, you mentioned your, um, like your modeling or not modeling, but your labeling, the naming structure of it, and how basic it is. But honestly, man, basic is awesome because it makes sense. You know with the R being the reserve, and then you've got, okay, you've got 100 and 200. Well, 200 is typically going to be bigger and better and badder than the 100. So that structure um, literally just makes really, really great sense. So I think that's a great choice in that. Was that a threading on the back of that uh, height? I saw, I saw yes. some gold right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go, Chana. That's what you need right there on the mic stands. And there's actually there's actually two keyhole mounts in there, so if you yeah, want to make sure that it always stays perfectly level, yeah. so um, that's nice as well. And look at that little notch back there. The notch for the wire, right? Yeah, yeah that, that one's huge. So it's nice yeah. and seamlessly. That was super yeah. cool. Definitely a great addition, especially when they're as a height module. I mean, as a uh, up firing module. Up firing. Yeah, I mm -hmm. was surprised that like it. Here's and here's a shot of it right here on the R five hundreds. So I had this in the living room, and I was just like, oh man. That thing fits perfectly. 
Yeah, it's awesome. So it has that same flush look on the R200 as well. Oh, right, right. The bookshelf. Gotcha. Looks a lot smaller on the R700, but. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, I think Just that, that, right? Yeah, ex yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah. But hey, you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's yeah, good it's looking all, it's lineup. All it's all about flexibility, right? You guys want to be able so, to do whatever you want with your systems. You know, we're yeah. just here trying to enable all y'all sure. to go as crazy as you want. Sure. They can do four big floor standing speakers for surrounds or go with some small bookshelf. There's a lot of flexibility in the series. And even with the color schemes, having all three of those, you know, um, and I had some people asking me about the speaker grills, you know, do are they going to be white on white, which would they said, you know, looks terrible. And especially if you do black on white, they didn't like that either. So the fact that you went with the gray um, just really helps that kind of differentiate that from some other brands. Looks good. Yeah. Got that, that Swedish awesome. look. It got that Swedish, <laughs> Swedish look. Yeah, no, totally. Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's got that Swedish look. Exactly. There's nothing well, wrong with that. Swedish design is awesome. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Ikea. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is with with, e, with the EU in particular, which is a, you know, a big opportunity for Polk Audio, is we don't have a, a huge presence there. So this, this speaker line really is a really important step for us in terms of getting in front of, you know, a, a, a Swiss or a Swedish listener or a British listener, whoever it is. Uh, so I'm not even joking. Up. I really like the way those look. Like that Heather Gray is awesome. I I talked about how you could have just went with like a black or black something finish, plain. Yeah. But just yeah. that exercise, like, oh, that fits into my yeah. home. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has that homey vibe where it looks like it's, you know, not some weird like electronic device there. Yeah, it doesn't um, take away from the presentation or the sound, right? Like it, it will just inevitably, it just blends in, which is great. Yeah. Um, well, the, think... curve, the curve to the, the grills is pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't there. think I've ever seen that in a speaker, you know, so I thought that was pretty nice. So, um, real quick, that R350, is that what it is? The one that you said yeah, you can use it as, as LCR. What do you mean by that? Like there's actual connections in the back, like three different connections or how does that work? If you want well, to I use mean, it as center channel versus they, they got like mounting brackets on the yeah. back of that. So guy. You can actually mount them vertical. Yeah. You can mount or them horizontally. Yeah, vertical. sure. Yep. So, like, think about it. If you have, like, a regular, let's just say a TV, you can mount the bottom one horizontal underneath the TV. Then you could take the two as left and right and mount them vertical so that they're oh. right flush, flush up against your TV. And you got this super clean, and especially if you can Front run stage. those wires in through the walls. Yep. You've got this dope, flat, humongous TV with these speakers that are just floating on the wall. Tell me that wouldn't sound cool and look cool. Oh, look I got awesome. you. Okay. I got you. I, oh, yeah. I was confused. I thought you were saying that that one could act like a soundbar where it could oh, be L. No. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. okay. Oh, I get God. it. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. you would use it as an LCR, like with three of those units. Yeah, yeah. Understood. And you, I actually, bet you can use those for surrounds too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say. I've seen a lot of you know people who are in between wanting to do full in walls and wanting to do hmm. full components kind of use LCRs as like that medium point where they just have them kind of all over their space mounted to the wall. And yeah, I mean, like Bronson said, it's less than six inches, so you're you're really not protruding out very much at all. And it's actually a pretty cool workaround if you don't want to drill you know, mm -hmm. big old holes into your drywall. It's actually a really nice application. Yeah, and we were looking around, me and Phil, the, our head of training, we kind of measured out a, a ton of stuff. And if you need to get a bigger TV slash who needs a bigger TV, you want the bigger TV, right? But you can increase the size of your TV from anywhere to five to ten inches, depending on the amount of space that you have on your wall, just by using those LCRs that that three fifty. Gotcha. And and are those two and a half? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Scott, you even mentioned that would actually be cool in as a surround sound speakers yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, we've did that. So if you guys remember the nice. the signature series, that had a, a little slim center as well, and it's the same thing. Just use them everywhere if you want to because they mount on the walls very easily and and it just makes it convenient for some people that don't want to that don't or can't drill into their walls there's a lot of people with plaster walls and brick walls and things and they can't 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 have in walls right, <laughs> I, have, I have to i have to ask <laughs> i have to i have to ask scott what what is a eigentone filter i mean to me that was very orthy that, yeah. That uh. Well, 
They are orthogonal, aren't they? Um, (laughs) So the word eigentone is basically just, uh, it's a frequency at which uh, a vibrating body uh, resonates, right? So a room mode is an eigentone, right? So what we've done is put these uh, quarter wave resonators in there and they resonate at the same frequency that the port would normally resonate. But since they're positioned in a different part of the port, they resonate an antiphase to the to the uh, to the port and they suck up the Man. sound. That's oh, wow. Cool. Antiphase is another that's that should have been in the marketing. Is that in the marketing? Antiphase. Yeah, we don't so, want to confuse people. It's really <laughs> it's really canceling out uh sounds that you don't want. That's absolutely <laughs> that's exactly what it does. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Pretty yeah. amazing. We also in the seven hundred we have something we call the CRC column resonance control device, oh, and it, yeah, it, works, yeah, yeah. it works. It works on the same uh, the same principle. It's it's actually a, a a pocket of air inside the the cabinetry itself that absorbs a, a cabin resonance under the same principle. Mm. It, so what does uh, is that have to do with PowerPoint? Uh, PowerPoint. PowerPort two point uh, It's not part of the port. It's it's part of the uh, okay. the, the the internal cabinetry. I'm, there's a oh, slide okay. on it somewhere. So what is this? What is PowerPort two point What is that? And why is it different? So PowerPort two point is is PowerPort plus. You remember enhanced PowerPort came out with Legend. That was where we took all the the. Uh, goodies we learned from HTS development and incorporated it into legend with you know, better flare rates and things like that. And then PowerPort 2.0 is adding the ETF to that. So Got this it. PowerPort, I used to, I used to have a, yeah, I saw you. I saw yeah, you the other day, I, I think I took it back to the office, but basically it, you've got the base, right? That, that, that is the diffuser, right? It's got the Hershey's kiss shape thing at the bottom. And then you've got the the flare, which is also part of it. And the flare that's on the top of the port on the inside is also part of it. But down the center now is the addition of the ETFs. I see. So it's yeah. all of that it, combined, huh? Yeah, it's it's fairly complicated device, but it, it, it works quite well. Yeah. So Man, I hope you're not going to have to come up with another another one next year. Hey, yeah, you got to out another new yourself. thing. That's right. How are you going to keep doing this? That's coming up with ones that we can afford. That it's the uh, <laughs> oh, I see. I come up with lots of stuff, but it's either ugly or it costs too much. Or... <laughs> you, you just got to talk to Paul, tell him to increase your budget. <laughs> I, I, I want to get Scott on without easy. without the marketing there guys one day easy. and just like, all right, so tell us like well, let him what rip. you got going on. Let's well, talk. Let's in the talk skunk different tech. Yeah. Joe, I will you down. Well, you know, they say, you know, 90% of the experiments <laughs> fail. So you're going to hunt me down, Bronson? I got a little, I got a little cough. I got a little cough. Come, come, come and get me. Well, do you have the black lung? Uh, come and get me. the Rona, I think is what Come and get me. Oh, man. Just get your shots. Um, You'll be all right. There you go. <laughs> what? What else? What else we want to talk about here? I mean, let's see. Uh, Michael, you had a whole list of questions, right? Yeah, I sent them to him the other day, so I've got them pulled up here. Um, I know we got asked a lot about LSIM first reserve. Yeah. What the dynamic is like there? Yeah, that was the that was the biggest ones. I probably had five or six comments that basically were were around that. You know, how do they compare to those series? Um, so yeah, maybe address that, and then I've got a couple other questions we can pull up here. Sure, Scott, you want to take this one? Uh, sure. So uh, LSIM, wonderful line of speakers. Um, it's based around a ring radiator and a, a mid-range driver, where we called that the sonic engine. And then the, the rest of the line is all just different configurations based around that mid-range. So you had the centers that all had the, the mid-range and the tweeter, maybe two five and a quarters or two six and a halves. And you had towers that had a mid-base and, and a couple of woofers and different sizes, bookshelf, with, had a, a, a mid-base in there with the, with the mid-range. Um, and then reserve, 
uh, well, I'm sorry. Let's go back to LSIM. So those are all either three-way or four-way systems, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got uh, the, the bookshelf and the surround or a mid-tweeter and woofer. And all of the towers are four-ways. And then we go to reserve. Reserve is based around the, the new pinnacle tweeter and the new um, turbine cones. So they're all either two-way or two-and-a-half-way designs. So just by dint of that, they're going to be slightly different sounding from each other. Uh, the two lines. And then also the R700 is a, is is the only three-way in the line. So, but they're both great speakers. Um, you know, I don't know what else I can say. No, I think that's fair. I have the 703s, the LSIM 703s at home, which I've had for years. Um, and they're still kind of my go-to speakers. I think more out of comfort than anything. But yeah, I, I still have my pair. Animal. Yeah, I, love, I mean, those are amazing speakers. Speak They're still so. Polk speakers. They sound yeah, like right. Polk speakers. And, I think uh, that's the most important thing, right? You know, Scott's the one doing doing the work over here. So they're, they're going to sound Polky, however, however you slice it. <laughs> Polky and Orthy. Yeah, right. They're going to Polk you in the ear. <laughs> so, Donna, are uh, you eating pizza pockets right now? Wait, what? No, no, man. Donut, <laughs> donut holes, bro. Donut holes. Bro, I uh, thought you were just throwing Totino's pizza rolls in your mouth. I was like, how are you on fire right now? <laughs> it's by the way, thing. this podcast is sponsored by Totino's now. Yeah, China, you, don't, China you don't see China eating. eating, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. He always has to do it. We've gotten comments like, this is so unprofessional. I'm like, yep, that's us. There was, I did a live stream last week. And um, actually, my wife made like a big old snack thing, right? I think it was some chicken and salad or something and so while my guest was talking i just you know chopped it up took a bite you know muted my microphone and then somebody commented like it's so unprofessional like blah 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 i was like whatever dude get out of here don't care <laughs> like <laughs> if you too if you knew how much stuff i have to do throughout the day like that's the and during the live stream was the only time i could eat maybe you need to like you know Think about like exactly what's going on, and you guys, a lot of a lot of people watching, have no idea how much like background work it takes to do all this other stuff. And then I also have like three other jobs, so yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I barely like, sleep. You gotta also remember that Brad Pitt and pretty much all of his great scenes is eating food. So that's right. That's right. I'm like yeah. I'm that like Brad Pitt of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That's <laughs> what <laughs> Where's the that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. I mean, I went to bed at 7 a.m. So there you go. Um, question for, for Scott is uh, I asked you via email about what your thoughts are on a flat frequency response. That was my last video, actually. How, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about a tar target response for the speaker itself? Not in the listening position, but uh, what is your goal for... A frequency response. I know for a lot of people, like that's their secret. You know, it's like their sound signature is their secret. But um, yeah, you I care mean, to talk about that. You know, it's nominally flat at the listening position. Um, now, getting there and how you get there and what what things you have to do to get there are are what the tuning process is all about. Because you know, getting a flat response is not easy, especially with a passive loudspeaker. If you got an active loudspeaker and you got fourteen peaks and dips you can put in it's not too hard but so yeah i mean we're going for a neutral sound and and and, uh, and that's the you know a natural sound we're not trying to hype up any particular range um unless it's called for in that particular uh application like in a center speaker you you know perfectly flat may not be exactly what you want because um you know you need a little more intelligibility let's say in that line so, it, it. but in general, it's yeah, just a, a neutral sound, natural. Yeah, yeah. I felt like the vo the voices really came through on this, right? Yeah, um, which is well, important because a lot of people have issues with understanding just the vocals. When you're yeah. watching TV or a movie, sometimes like a lot of the way they're they're mixed, even it's like, how what did they say? And then an the yeah. explosion. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I like that about these particularly is uh the vocals really came through and yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if that was part of your goal and that's what your intentions were, but that's how it came off. Like, you know what? The vocals are very clear on these. That's great. Yeah. I mean, getting the mid range rights is, you know, they, they don't call it the critical mid range for nothing. 
Is that is that right? Well, Critical mid-range. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where we spend all most of our time listening. That's where the the information that comes from people's voices and the information we got to run away from the lion came from. And if you don't get that part right, then people will will recognize that first, right? Got it. Got it. Um, any what are the what are the questions you have, Michael? Uh, like I said, those were the main ones as far as the comparison. The other one was, we kind of answered it earlier, you know, the bookshelves. Um, can the R900 be used as a viable rear speaker? Um, absolutely. You know, that's what the switch is on the back of it. Um, so if you wanted to mount those as rear surrounds, I don't see, I mean, would that work for you guys? You know? Yeah, I think it depends on your system, right? If you're if you got a pair of R700s and you want to put an R900 and expect it to keep up with the 700, yeah. you might be a bit disappointed. Right. Mm. Because you're going from something with, you know, eight times the surface area yeah. right, to move air. Um, but, you know, if it requires, you know, for space-saving reasons to put 900s back there, go for it. Just realize you should probably roll them off a little bit higher in frequency and, and they're not going to play quite as loud. As like as like the seven hundred any of the towers for that matter, but you know they should be fine as rears. So you know uh, this kind of leads into that discussion we had last time. Remember when we were talking about um, w- if we're going to roll all all these off at eighty hertz, right? If you have some subs and you're going to roll them all off at eighty hertz, what would be the difference between let's say an R one hundred and and the big boys, right? Like right. what yeah. advantage would I have? And I think i know the answer but i would like for somebody like scott to to explain it to well, me I, no it's a great question i mean if you know you don't want to lose use anything for low frequencies it would be nice if if you know you could buy speakers that didn't try to make the low end but uh you know in our industry people use them just as much for two channel as they do for home theater so they kind of need to have a full range to them now that being said there are models that have more full range than others and uh one other important thing to remember is that um, the crossover is kind of assuming that you have a certain kind of frequency response on the low end, right? So if, it, you know, the flatter you can be, the more predictable that blending between the, the subwoofer and the mains will be. Yeah. Does it allow you to play it louder at all? Like, let's say it's all 80 hertz. Will the bigger speakers allow you to Play them so, you like louder yeah. just just because so the, of sensitivity. The standard crossover in a receiver is is a Linkwitz Riley filter, second order, right? So that's rolling off at twelve dB per octave, right? So if I set it at eighty hertz, that means it's three, it's six dB down at eighty hertz, half power. But it's it's going to be down at 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 forty hertz. It's still only twelve dB down from there. It's still making noise down there. Right, sure. Just not as much, right? And so that slope is not as, it's not a brick wall filter. It doesn't go to 80 hertz and stop, right? Mm. It keeps going. So, you know, the smoother you have your low end, uh, you know, the more natural that's going to come through. Got it. Thank you, Chris Wendell, for the super chat. And he asks here, uh, uh, are they fairly sensitive? And we can also talk about the, the, uh, the um the nominal impedance because I know Scott you would you said something funny in a different one that everybody yeah. who's saying that it's their speaker is something else is uh well I think you know. you know the problem is people believe the specs that are written on manufacturers websites that's the let's problem let's set it straight then let's so, set it straight so let's right go here over to website real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's set it straight right now so, let's tell them what's going on so we've we've been we've been uh, thoroughly punished for for, for printing the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and um no it's it's frustrating because you try to uh, try to do what's right and and you know you, yeah. you get punished for it but you know you, a lot of the speakers that are out there are forum loudspeakers it's just the case there's they're mostly forum i've done a couple surveys it's something like it two two-thirds to 75 percent you would call them forum loudspeakers by any reasonable definition for nominal there's a few that are six and a very few let more that are about eight, but most of them are around four, right? And that's what Legend and and Reserve are. They're four ohm loudspeakers. Polk been making four ohm loudspeakers forever, right? 
Mm. And so I don't know what's happened that people think they're buying eight ohm loudspeakers all of a sudden, but you know, in general, that's not the case. It's just funny. Cause it was always like back in the day, it was always like car audio, four ohm speakers, home audio, eight ohm speakers, right? What happened was, and I don't, I don't know, you know, you'll see the phrase compatible with eight ohm outputs, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and there's a reason for that. Those are probably 4-ohm loudspeakers. But the way that receiver manufacturers rate their receivers, none of them say 4-ohms. Almost none of them. Some of them mm. do. And so people are like, well, I can't buy this speaker if it's 4-ohms. It won't work with my receiver. Sure it will. Right? But they're rated that way because when they do the, uh, the FCC and all these other tests, they have to state the resistive load that they're playing into. And right, and if they put other loads on there that weren't tested at, then they can get in trouble, get in trouble. right? Yeah. So, but I mean, do you think? Do you think my my bosses, who also own Denon and Marantz, would be real happy with me if I made a bunch of loudspeakers that wouldn't play with receivers? <laughs> I don't think I don't yeah. think that would be a great idea. Make it no. Too old. So <laughs> to see how that works out. For it's you. it's un it's unfortunate that that there's so much misinformation and misunderstanding about impedance, and it's a it's a complicated subject. I completely understand the problem, but I don't know how to solve the education problem at this. Point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to work on on the education part. Oh, and I think a lot of folks are yeah. doing stuff like this. Yeah, doing yeah. just stuff like this. So if you see something like this, uh, amplifier output cap- capability, 8 ohm, 6 ohm, 4 ohm, minimal impedance, 3.6 ohms, what are we talking here? Are, are these 4 ohm speakers? Is that is that where we're, yeah, where exactly. we're at? Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's the thing is you're asking for a number which doesn't have a definition to it. Gotcha. What is a 4 ohm loudspeaker? Mm-hmm. So let's just say this. How about let's just keep it simple. Most new modern receivers or uh, integrated amps will have no issue with this. Is that safe to say? Yeah. 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 We play them so, with them. When we're testing them. So the, so here's the thing is only time I've had an issue with, uh, you know, like low uh, nominal impedance speakers is I used to have a really, really old uh, Maranza 2220B, 2220B, right? And like that, it didn't like it if I, put some like, you know, Crank really low resistance speakers or, you know, I it, mean, there, it, there, there, there's probably that. some, some speak, some amps or receivers out there that it might, if you crank it all the way up and you hook up the speakers and you're, you're torturing it, the device and it might shut down or might not like it, it might distort more than others. <clears throat> but if you're playing these things at some reasonable level, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And you need to, people need to recognize when things are starting to, you know, complain, right? Distortion, distortion's your friend there. If it starts sounding bad, yep. don't turn, turn it, up it down. Yeah. You're, you're and you know, it's interesting. And you're hurting your equipment. Right. I think a lot of the, the class, you know, people are starting to see a lot more class D. And from what I've seen, a lot of that class D stuff loves lower, lower, uh, impedance. Right? Oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of different amplifier configurations that can play into low, low impedance loads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Scott, these... you said. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, Scott, I remember when we were at New York Audio Show. You said something that stuck with me, and I now I say it ever since: is power's cheap, man. Wattage is cheap. Wow. You go out, yeah. you go out, and go. You go get something time. to drive this. Yeah, All we're not. Time. We're not. We're not back in the days when thirty watts was a lot, right? right. Yeah. I mean, I I was I I was running these through a Parasound A fifty one, so at four ohms, that's four hundred watts per channel. All five channels driven, so yeah, they handled it I'm, pretty good, and I was yeah. blasting it pretty. You know that my wife always hates it every time I watch Dunkirk, like that first, <laughs> like in the first minute or two, like she always comes right out. What's going on? Because it's just just insane, and that that center channel handled it pretty well. So I just do a basic test. I just uh, I have it on my uh, Parasound A fifty two plus. No problem. And then I have like a hundred and fifty dollar like little class D amp, and I want to see how loud it can play on that. No issue. And I figure yeah, if it can play on that thing, 
You, I was going to say, what, what have you guys discovered when you played it on different electronics with the stuff you guys got had? No, had no issue problems? on my end. And so that's why I go into some of these like um, forums where people are like, forum, that's a no, that's a no go for me. I'm like, what are you running this on? Yeah. Right. What is it? What what kind of they equipment got, you got? They got something from twenty years ago, apparently. They got that Maybe. radio, that Radio awesome. Shack. Um, <laughs> when I had it in, um, when I had it in two channel, like I, I don't know, Parasound doesn't actually have that rating listed. They assume it's somewhere around four seventy five, um, at a forum uh, load just with two channels running. So, um, they handled it pretty well. It, I did get a little breaking up in the in the high end. Um, I was blasting it though, and like something harsh, kind of like Florence in the Machine. Um, sometime in the choruses, like you know, it'll get a little, a little too trebly, like sort of like around the, I'd say two to four thousand hertz range. It's kind of, but yeah, you're you're telling me, and you're like, yeah, but I was blasting these pretty loud. So, <laughs> so, so we we have to we have to do stress testing too. You know what I mean? To figure out the limits so that when we when we tell somebody like, okay, well, we fi- we figured out what the limits are, just uh, just, just you know. dial it back a little bit. And the chances are, like, I mean, that that's a five thousand dollar power amplifier. Majority of people are not rolling with that, you know. Well, that's so. that's another thing you have to consider too. If you're if you're buying a, a home theater based on reserve, I mean, what are you putting into there? Two thousand dollars, maybe. Are you really putting a two hundred dollar receiver on them? Mm-mm. No, no, no. You're probably 500 maybe at least right so yeah. should be should be okay i mean more power is better there's no two ways about it if you can no. bump it up go for it and you would expect that until you smoke comes out uh, you know, <laughs> a speaker to work better with better equipment right yeah right. for sure so they'll, they'll respond to the more power absolutely but they can play just fine with you know Reasonable. I had a pretty, stuff. I had a pretty stark like step up when I was first listening to the R five hundreds because I had them plugged into my Denon AVR, just thirty six hundred H, you know, the standard, pretty much basic level AVR. Um, they sounded good. And I hooked them up to my PM eighty oh six to do some two channel stereo. Sounded better. I think those are still C watts, maybe RMS, you know, not super powerful. And then I plugged them into the Denon A one ten, the anniversary model which is like 80 watts, I think, but it's like pure, just like brass, just brass balls, 80 watts. And, and they just got better sounding, you know? That's <laughs> like and what Scott said is absolutely true. You know, as you bump up in terms of amplification quality and power, it's just, you know, you're going to get different, different and better sounding music and, and, and TV and movies out of these speakers. And I think that's true for, you know, anything in, in terms of what we do and any speaker you might listen to, you know? I think the better and bigger power you give it, it's going to sound bigger and better, you know? Uh, it's nice and easy that way. So, uh, any services. questions? Any S-S other questions? has got a question over there. Yeah. Jonathan, can you pull that one up? It's about the fifth or sixth one up. So he was asking, Scott, uh, will the Legend be THX certified Dominus? Dominus, Dominus. I guess is how they yeah. call it. Dominus. So... Uh, any, any nobody, plans on nobody's, that? nobody's asked me to, to pursue certification <laughs> on any products at this point. Uh, I honestly, I don't even know what the requirements are at this point. Because like, I don't care. They just sound awesome. That's I, all that matters. They're, they're well, we've got, I, we've got IMAX certification. Oh, oh yeah, they are legend and certified and reserved. Okay. So, I like that IMAX enhanced audio. Video, not so much. The audio. Yeah. I just wish there was like I, I got. Did he fall out Where'd of the chair getting a donut <laughs> hole? His donut hole fell. I'm looking for my IMAX enhanced. Here it is. Here it is. I got this demo IMAX enhanced. Venom. Still haven't seen it. Bumblebee. No. Alpha. Jumanji. The welcome to the when is the when are these actually coming out? That's what I want to know. Cause uh the demo sounded great, but I want the full movie. Come on, guys. You got you guys know you guys have to scoop. I know you do. Paul. If Laura or De- Laura Dustin, if you're listening right now, we'll get some answers from you as soon as possible. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Please email me and I will share with the crew. Uh, Sounds no, good. No, we, we do. We, we talk to the Expiry team, you know, bi- bi-monthly and uh, they're just amazing. They've been amazing partners and uh, we'll do our best to get some answers for you. But no promises. <laughs> cool. Hey. So, hey, so any other questions, Michael, before we start wrapping up? 
Mm, I was looking through from, them. From the ones that you had there. And then a quick... Yeah, uh, not in mine. Uh, full disclosure, we're going to be having some ads, right? Michael yep. and Chana, we're going to have some Polk Reserve ads on our individual channels. And we're going to make them entertaining for fun. you guys. We'll It'll be fun. fun and so, again, these guys don't get to see what we're going to do. We're just going to have fun with it. You know, that's what yeah. the deal is. That's so I'm kind of scared, but I'm also kind of excited <laughs> because you guys are all crazy. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. We have fun, man. I think, Stay on the yeah. lookout for that. All right. Can I include, can I include demo discs with all of your AVRs? It's actually not a bad idea, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, take that, I'll high, take that into consideration. Yeah. Because, you know, it's funny because people, I, literally, I got a comment today that said they, I did a video and in the video, it, I had some of my disc in the background and they're like, hey, can I buy one from you? I'm like, dude, it took me a year to get these, number one, <laughs> to be able to give to you. And I said, so no, they're not for sale. They're, they're literally going to be gifted. And I've given a bunch of them away from different vendors, but they're hardcore to get, man, even for us. So, you know, but we get those questions all the time. It's like, dude, where can I get an Atmos disc? Where can I get an IMAX enhanced disc? You know, so that would honestly be cool. Even if you did it with some of the flagship receivers or the processors or something like that. Maybe it, it didn't go out with a $500 receiver, but maybe you could include that with some of those higher end kind of as a little perk or bonus. Dude, I, those people would be all over it. Yeah, they would. You See, you yeah, they would. <laughs> so... So stick cool. stick around, you guys. Uh, don't hang up. Don't hit don't, leave or anything don't like hit that. The X button, okay? Yeah, don't do anything. Chana's gonna. Oh no, Scott! <laughs> we need to talk to you afterwards. He's gonna drop. Last it. time you ducked out too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, wow. There it is. So there's the link for the after show. If you're a patron, if you're a patron, thank you for supporting, and you get to hang out with us. Yeah. Ask us questions. Ask Scott and and Paul and Bronson, you know, just hang out with us. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you go to uh, patreoncom slash daily high fi and um, sign up as a patron and you get access. You'll get the link to the after show where you, we can see you in video and you can ask these uh, fine gentlemen, your questions about Polk audio or probably whatever sound United related. And uh, uh yeah, did not sign up for anything. Ross was like, I'm out of here, buddy. No, you, I'm out of here. I ain't got time for this. Sound you who? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, make sure you, you guys go and do that. We're going to be jumping into the after show right now. Uh, on behalf of myself, Joe, Mike, uh, and the good folks at Polk, Paul, Bronson, and Scott, thank you guys so much for hanging out. We do this every Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if we don't see you in the after show, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>